Imagine a world you're thrilled to be living in. Imagine telling your children and your grandchildren that in this time and in this place, we came together. Imagine change unconstrained by our individual understandings of what's possible. This is all of us on WNHH, New Haven's independent radio station, 103.5 FM, and streaming live on WNHH.org. I'm Greg Grinberg. Today, we're talking with Catherine John, an activist in New Haven and one of my partners working with me on the Community Executive and Review Board of Policing in New Haven. We're going to be talking about that as well as the Day of Action for Solitary Confinement uh, and a fundraiser for the Immigrant Bail Fund. And we're also going to be talking about the May Day General Strike. CJ, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. So to start with, why don't we talk about how you got... Uh, involved in activism in New Haven to start with? Well, I got involved in activism when I realized I needed to be involved in activism. Mm. Having worked at several nonprofit agencies, I realized we needed to go beyond the grant, Mm. meaning that while the services offered by nonprofits are welcomed and necessary, Mm -hmm. in order to make those services effective and necessary, we have to be involved. I'm also a mother to two children, mm-hmm. and I don't want them to face the struggles that I face, mm-hmm. being an immigrant in America with olive skin. And it is a difference, mm-hmm. okay? Um, and also because I've seen things on a personal level that really bothered me, and I said, you know, why are we changing this? Mm. Why are these things still happening in a country that's so great? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, for example, for the people listening who don't know you, yes. what, what are those things? In terms of? Well, the things that, that, that you work on most here. Well, I work on bringing the community together. Mm. I feel we're very dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. I feel that, you know, and I know that because years of living here, I've never felt alienated like I've had since I've been here. Mm. And part of that is because there's a lot of ego and self-driven agenda mm. within us. But that's also relative to the history of this country mm-hmm. in the sense of if you look into uh, the historical aspects of America, that's not in the book. Mm. What was done during slavery, how slaves were treated, how the lesser class mm-hmm. are treated. It's ingrained in the DNA of the American to not respect, understand or integrate well with anyone who's not like them. I mean, I've had people look at me and say, is there running water in your country? Mm. Seriously. Seriously, do you wear clothes? I've been denied jobs because on paper, my name looks proper. Mm. When I show up, Mm -hmm. I'm not the white girl you probably assumed I was Mm. because of my name, Mm -hmm. you know? Then there's the aspect of physically, some interpret me to be Hispanic. So then when I say that I'm not, that's a problem, Mm. you know, so it's like I could never win. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel for anyone who has endured joblessness in this country, because this is a tough society to have to manage your funds in. Mm. It is really hard, especially if you're a single working parent. Mm -hmm. And we don't address a lot of things because we've been taught how to settle. At least I should say not we, but society. Mm-hmm. All right. Again, if you look at slavery and you listen to people of color talk about reparations, mm-hmm. that's unheard of by anyone with privilege mm-hmm. because the white man is used to telling people of color what to do and how to do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to love that you have jobs now. Why are you mad? Mm-hmm. Why are you angry, person of color? You're working with us now. Mm-hmm. That should be enough for you, you know? And the truth is, it's not enough because where I come from, we're the majority, mm-hmm. right? Having a black president, if you will, is nothing new to me. Absolutely. That's a way of life. Mm-hmm. What was new to me is to look on TV and see a white man representing a country where they're not the majority. Right. And I'm saying to myself, why is this so? Mm-hmm. And why aren't we mad about it? Mm-hmm. Right. Why are we okay with the prison uh, system being an industry? Right. Why are we okay with driving down the street and seeing so many construction workers who are not uh, white, mm-hmm. not on the job? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's so many caveats in this powerful system that we do not question, but 
we know it makes us mad and what happens is we actually um, insert the emotional stress in into our society because what we do not oppose we take it out on ourselves right if that makes sense like you know we know these things are wrong but we're not going to question it because we should be satisfied right we should settle with it to be aware of an injustice and not oppose it that's right it doesn't just go away no it does not and any injustice for that matter and and it certainly and it takes root inside of us and manifests in all kinds of different ways of course because what you accept on yourself is what you'll accept outside Mm -hmm. if you're okay with what's happening right next to you within you you're not going to question what's around you right whereas i'm not from this cloth Mm -hmm. i came from a separate you know, a separate spool. Mm -hmm. So for me, this is unheard of. Like, why aren't we questioning these things? You know, I never knew uh, what racism was till I got here. Wow. I did not know what that was. I didn't understand it. Um, After 9-11, I had a situation Mm -hmm. that opened my eyes big time Mm -hmm. to racism in America. And it's a big problem. But racism wears different clothing. So, again, that's part of the societal norms that we do not speak of because if we talk about it, it means that we're trying to change it. And one thing I learned about people, when you challenge their normal way of thinking, you're the dramatic one. Right. <laughs> yeah, it goes back to the sort of like really what is crazier, what's more radical. You know, that's the, right. The, you know, the idea that we have, you know, that we have so many millions of people incarcerated in this country. That's you know, correct. Or the, 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 the quote unquote crazy idea that we would want to change that. That we would. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things mm-hmm. about May Day, um, it's really about the immigrants. Mm-hmm. I mean, immigrants have been making this country great since 1776, right? Exactly, and, and, and much before. And much before that. And if you look into the history mm-hmm. of how that all came about, I mean, we're not talking about, you know, uh, Columbus and his people went across to Africa and said, hey, you and you, come with me. Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. how it went. Right. You know, these people were yanked out of their lives where they were respected, where mm-hmm. they had people they love around them. Mm-hmm. To come here and work as slaves, man, Mm -hmm. come on. And now we're in a time where we have a president who is threatening to remove immigrants. Well, who's going to be here? Right. I mean, so many of our critical systems depend on on immigrants. Uh, I mean, the food system would not work. Not um, only that, but can we really point out, if we were to sit down and say everybody who's 110% natural-born American, stay here, Mm -hmm. everybody else leave. Who's going to be here? Right. I mean, I think we have some Native Americans who yes. descendants who will be here and all of us are going to have <laughs> to pack our the bags. Lands. We yeah. just deny them that. But yeah. that's, again, yeah. America has a legacy of what it cannot control, it will destroy. Mm. And that goes down to the nitty-gritty DNA of its people. Mm-hmm. Who cannot be controlled will be destroyed in some way, shape, or form. Mm. Okay? Um, so today, May 1st being a day without immigrants, it goes beyond... Mm. So this is the day yeah. of the general strike, which Correct. is happening on the New Haven Green it's right now. It's happening on New Haven Green right now, mm-hmm. and I've been part of that planning, mm-hmm. along with uh, Unidad en Acción mm-hmm. and uh, the Party for Socialism and Liberation, mm-hmm. uh, the New Haven Coalition, and other vested interest groups. We we have been coming together to plan this thing, which speaks mm-hmm. volumes. Right. Okay. And I mean, what's the fundamental message of the general strike? The fundamental message of the general spri- strike is unity. Mm -hmm. That's what it is, that we're all in this together, all right? And that we need to really understand that in various aspects. When one immigrant gets deported, when one immigrant gets harassed, when one person of color gets shot, when one person of color is singled out by the police, all of us are affected. All of us, being all of us. us. Every single one of us. Mm -hmm. And we have to understand that without the context of privilege, mm. okay? This country needs to wake up its eyes to what privilege really is. Privilege is who's running the country right now, mm. right? But in truth and in fact, that's just a mirror of mm. ourselves. This We created him. He was once a Democrat. Right. Okay? Right, which so, is, it, it's, it's astounding. I mean, the whole the whole thing is just of mind-boggling, of course, but... Of course. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that we... Uh, uh, the fact, yeah, the fact that we don't seem to understand that the magnitude of our problems um, is going to require all of us. We, That's we, right. We can't afford to. Um, we can't afford to be um, making life difficult 
for other people. No. We're we're really undermining ourselves in in the in the in the real challenges that we need. Correct, because if you look back at other uh, core issues within society, mm-hmm. right? So we talked about incarceration. What about housing gentrification? Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. affects immigrants. I mean, we have some immigrants where there's twelve of them living in a two bedroom apartment. Right. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Right. Why is that happening in this country? Okay, immigrants are also denied certain benefits. For example, prior to me becoming a quote-unquote U.S. citizen, Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to apply for certain benefits that would help me. Mm -hmm. I was told that, no, you can't get it because you're you're not from here. Well, who really is from here? Right, right. Show me those people. Where is here? Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) Where is that place, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and then also, too, if you ever speak to someone who has been in a a detention center, Mm -hmm. it's horrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, um, having visited home and having traveled back and forth uh, between Trinidad and Tobago, where I'm from, to the United States, I have had the unfortunate experience of being singled out by TSA. And let me tell you something. It's very embarrassing. It's very degrading. Yeah. All right? It's very horrifying to be standing in the middle of JFK and someone is taking, you know, they have plastic gloves on and they're feeling up between your legs mm-hmm. and under your boobs and everything mm-hmm. because you look so suspicious. Right, right. You know? So Mayday, in effect, is very, very powerful in that respect because, again, this is one of the many things we don't speak about. We don't speak about our workers. Right. All right? Why in this country we have construction workers building penitentiaries right. who are probably inside one of them, mm-hmm. but we treat them like crap. Mm-hmm. You know, hypocrisy is the founding brick of this country. Mm-hmm. All right. So today's also about the workers, the people who add to the value of America, the people who wake up every day and go out into the world and they add value to a business. They provide a service. They mix your coffee. Absolutely. They do your hair. They build your roads. They, they stop the car so your children could cross. We don't speak to those workers. Absolutely. You know, and, and being, you know, being the son of and, and grandson of immigrants myself um, and also being a software engineer. Right. It, you know, the, the, it really seems very clear to me that one of those things affects the labor market. And of the, course. And the other thing really, uh, really doesn't. I, right. You know, when we when we look at the writing on the wall, there there are going to be self driving cars. That's right. Um, in the next five to ten years, there are three million people who drive trucks for a living, um, right. whose livelihood is now going to be in question because of technology. That's right. And this is not to attack technology. I'm no. an engineer because I believe that technology can be a, a force for for good. It can be a profound force for for good. Right. Um, but if we if we want to pretend for one second mm-hmm. that disruptions to the labor market happen because of immigrants, right? we're kidding ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I can tell you on a personal level, mm-hmm. I'm a person with an educational background. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have my master's degree. Again, though, I'm not as qualified, quote unquote, as someone who has lighter skin than me. Mm. And that's what you've experienced. Oh, absolutely. Over and over. Like, I feel for anyone who has had to experience uh, transitional employment, Mm. short term employment. When you look at unemployment, Mm -hmm. we're there. Okay? There are so many construction workers who are undocumented immigrants. Right. All right? Uh, And the businesses have no shame. They will have them come out in any type of weather. I mean, I've had employers tell me, well, you better show up or else. Mm-hmm. Whereas they'll turn to someone else and be like, oh, you need a day off? Oh, I understand. I get it. Mm-hmm. Who, who makes these rules? Mm-hmm. These aren't rules. This is a way of life. Again, mm-hmm. racism wears different clothing. Right. And it's, and it's a mindset. It's a, it's a mindset course. that says it's okay to devalue someone. That's right. Um, That's right. Yeah. You know? And I've, I've had experience as well in my family. Mm-hmm. with having incarcerated persons that I'm related to and have to watch them strive to be respected within the community mm-hmm. because God forbid you went to jail. Mm-hmm. Right. In a system that is in, that was intentionally designed right. to incarcerate people of color. That's and, right. Uh, and immigrants. You know. And immigrants. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yank yeah. us right off the street. Mm-hmm. Immigrants, we do not get um, our Miranda rights read to us. Mm-hmm. And one of the famous tricks used by the police to actually quote, scope out mm-hmm. who's legal, who's not, mm-hmm. has always been 
um, random pullover. So basically mm -hmm. what happens if your car looks a certain way, mm -hmm. meaning it's beat up, mm -hmm. as they say up here, a hoopty, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's an older vehicle. Your chances of being pulled over is higher mm -hmm. as opposed to someone who's driving a relatively newer car. And I could tell you that on a personal level. Mm -hmm. I used to have a Dodge Caravan and mm -hmm. I love that thing. Like, mm -hmm. let me tell you, we went, I went everywhere with my little Scooby-Doo bus. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I loved it. I used to pack up the kids my nephews, my children, and we're going everywhere, mm -hmm. anywhere and everywhere. I saw no problem with it, mm -hmm. but NHPD did. Mm -hmm. And I would always be randomly pulled over. Mm -hmm. Okay? And the first question is, are you from here? Seriously. Seriously. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could go down the list of mm -hmm. things that have happened, right. you know? And, and that's how, how long trick. ago was that? This was over uh, about six years ago. Wow. Mm -hmm. six years ago me mm -hmm. and my little scooby-doo bus mm -hmm. and we would get pulled over mm -hmm. you know and are you from here like mm -hmm. why are you asking me that mm -hmm. right yeah absolutely you and know? and and what you're saying about racism wearing different clothing i you know i think that's that's i think one of the things that motivates a lot of the work that we're doing together on policing reform that's right you know here here in new haven that's um, right in that, because it, it's not just about it's not just about here in New Haven. I mean, this no. is th these are patterns that exist uh, throughout the entire country. Correct. That we now know. I mean, I, I think Gary Winfield says it best. That you know, when people say that the that the system is broken, you know, his response is, "No, it's not. It, it, it's working perfectly for what right. it was designed to do, right. which is incarcerate people of color That's right. and, and hippies." And you and you have and you and you have a former Nixon administration aide coming out and saying that that was actually the intent of the war on drugs was to Cor take well, the political look who invented it. it. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. Nixon knew what he was doing. Mm -hmm. All right, because let's be real here. The Asians have been using opium for years. Mm. I don't see us jumping up and saying, let's go arrest all the Asians for using opium. Mm -hmm. Cocaine mm -hmm. is a well-known drug used among white people. It's a privileged drug, as we say. Mm -hmm. I don't see anybody getting mad about that. Mm -hmm. You want to really address the war on drugs, let's go attack these pharmaceutical companies mm -hmm. for telling me a child has to take Ritalin mm -hmm. for yeah. ADHD. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, if you hear the, the, the sort of the knee-jerk arguments behind, you know, in favor of the war on drugs. Right. Um, you know, you, you hear that it, it you know, that it, it ruins lives, it, it ruins communities, drugs do, right? But, I mean, the thing is that if you, if you look at the effect of, um, you know, I, I, the, the example that comes to mind for me isn't necessarily the pharmaceutical industry, although I, I understand what you're saying. Yes. But it's also, it's the food system too. I mean, you know, you, oh, have, absolutely. you have absolutely toxic foods being sold legally in, in supermarkets. And not only that, but heavily marketed towards children. Let me tell you something. You know, when I lived and we're in not Trinidad, doing anything. Nothing and, and, about know, it. Right. Not a thing. When I lived in Trinidad, one of my favorite, favorite things to eat was Italian food. Mm -hmm. Okay. I used to get excited mm -hmm. whenever my parents would say we're going to go for Italian food. Because mm -hmm. again, that's not something that we have in Trinidad. That's a treat. Mm -hmm. Now, the difference is in my country, a lot of our food is grown. Mm -hmm. Okay. You actually see it grow. I mean, mm -hmm. I come from a family of farmers. Right. Right. Uh, very labor intensive on one hand in various ways. OK. Mm -hmm. So my uncle uh, being a butcher, my mother would just go to him and he would literally kill the cow in the back and be like, OK, here you go. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how it went. But I would have I, I used to love to have uh, Parmesan chicken. That mm -hmm. was my thing. Mm -hmm. Loved it. So robust, so nice, so delicious. I can't eat that now. Mm hmm. If I eat Parmesan chicken now, I will get heartburn. Mm -hmm. And especially if I'm not feeling well, I'm, I'm asthmatic. Mm -hmm. So when I get sick, I get really sick. Mm -hmm. uh, if I eat it now, I, I, I don't even know if I'll survive the day, like depending on how rich it is, mm -hmm. quote unquote. But the differences in the foods, the textures, the tastes, it's right there. Mm -hmm. you know. So when I came here, actually, uh, I migrated here to live. I stopped eating certain foods for a while. I was actually vegetarian for a long time. Right. Which, you know, which is only makes sense for so many reasons. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, you know, it turned out that I, I needed the iron. So the mm -hmm. doctor literally said, because I was on iron tablets mm -hmm. and he said, no, I, I kind of need you to have the meat. Wow. Yes. Um, and I got really, really sick the mm -hmm. first time I had meat here. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize you're absolutely right because there's so many steroids in the meat mm -hmm. and the different foods and, you know, this thing is made one way. What is organic food here? Right. I don't get it. Why do we have a separate label 
organic. So what the hell was everything else? Plastic? Well, it's, I mean, it's a crazy, it really is. I mean, it's funny with, like, when, you, when you point that out that it's kind of, you know, it's like you have, you have to, you know, no, I'd like, I'd like the food with, without the toxic chemicals <laughs> in its freeze, right. you know? Yeah. Um, as if, as if that should be an option. As That's if there should I'm be saying. the like, food with the toxic chemicals. Who does you know, that? Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> who does, who says that? And then there's all these, uh, you know, all these thoughts on what drugs are. And then we go to cannabis now. Mm-hmm. And we say, no, you cannot smoke marijuana. We'll mm-hmm. do this. And what does it really do? It's been proven mm-hmm. the effects marijuana has on your health, which is positive mm-hmm. in various ways, in terms of your memory, in terms of uh, healing cancer, mm-hmm. in terms of a holistic mind, body, soul mm-hmm. situation. I mean, so where are the harmful drugs and why aren't we addressing those? Absolutely. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I mean, when you hear about... I mean, I've heard varying opinions on the health benefits or harmful effects of mm-hmm. marijuana. Mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone even even assert mm-hmm. that that whatever you know, e- even of the people who believe that marijuana is harmful, mm-hmm. I've never heard anyone assert that it is a, you know a, a harmful effect that comes anywhere near the level of toxicity of the so-called justice system That's that right. goes around trying to uh, enforce laws against marijuana. In right. other words, I mean, and, and, and when I, when I, when I, when I, what I mean by that is when you have um, a system that is really designed, you know, it, at its core, its fundamental assumption is that there are good people and there are bad people. Right. And we need to root out the bad people and we need to get them, get them out so that we good people can, can protect ourselves and well, can live our let's lives. Look at this. You know? That's toxic. Yes. That's a toxic... Look that at Martha a, Stewart. You know. She did insider trading. Mm-hmm. And what did she get? Mm-hmm. She got a lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. All right? If I run out the street now and I have two bags of weed on me mm-hmm. and I get caught selling, mm-hmm. I'll get served a mandatory minimum. Mm-hmm. Who decided that was okay? Mm-hmm. And why aren't we mad about that? Right. Okay? Right. White collar crime in America is a bigger problem than weed will ever be. Mm-hmm. It is as simple as that. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it takes some smarts to be a weed dealer okay mm-hmm. you have to know your product you have to know how to measure it mm-hmm. you have to know who to sell to who to talk to who not to speak to mm-hmm. so these aren't stupid people right okay but again the elements of racism and mental slavery in this country is done in such a way that it has become normal right you are told to settle mm-hmm. all right you are made to understand that your melanin is not powerful Mm-hmm. Which is not true. Because if melanin wasn't that great, then why do white people get tans? Mm-hmm. What do you need a tan for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you, what's wrong with you? You know. But that's because, again, we are power. We mm-hmm. are powerful beings. Mm-hmm. Okay, Black is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it Absolutely. should be treated as such. Mm-hmm. right? But when you look at the war on drugs, it is targeted for a particular set of people. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Who decided on the term white-collar crime? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And how come in those uh, situations, the mandatory minimums, quote unquote, are different? Mm-hmm. Who's deciding these things? Mm-hmm. And then who's controlling the drugs that go in and out? And why aren't we mad at them? Mm-hmm. If we mm-hmm. look into the history of crack cocaine, who brought that in here? Mm-hmm. Where did it come from? Right. And so when we in the work that we've been doing together on the, on the community executive and review board of policing mm-hmm. in New Haven, I, a lot of the motivation comes from uh, a desire to use the discretion that, that police officers have um, in deciding what, um, you know, w- w- when they're going to make an arrest, when mm-hmm. they, you know, wh- and what they're, what the, what they're going to um, arrest someone for. Right. That this is that this is discretion that really belongs in the hands of the community as Correct. a whole, not just individual officers who you know yeah. who are responding. Absolutely, and that that's a way of that, that this is a thing that we can do right here, right now Absolutely. in New Haven to uh, to you know to to, to re- reduce this re- this ridiculously large number of people whose lives are being destroyed. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the only word for it. It is destroyed, and you know. One of the main things that I love about what we've been working on mm-hmm. with the CERB is the fact that we're stressing community. Right. Mm-hmm. Community needs to be involved in this policing. Mm-hmm. It is bad enough that we do not have teachers and police officers who look like us. Mm-hmm. 
all right? That sends a horrible message to our children. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. How can we expect them to protect and serve us when they don't even connect with who they're protecting and serving? Right. I mean, if, 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 if we're serious about community policing, at a minimum, I don't know what community policing even means if the community's not in Involved. charge of its own That's police right. department. Correct. You know, I mean, is, I mean after all, the, 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 the power of policing comes from the community. I mean, That's it comes right. from our consent to be policed. And what is community? Community mm-hmm. is not one person. Right. And it's not, it's not one group of people either. That's so. right. Community is mm-hmm. groups mm-hmm. and people. Right. And we cannot isolate these things. Mm-hmm. And that's why when it comes to inventing a CERB, mm-hmm. however it will be named, mm-hmm. we need to really understand that. We cannot be myopic right. and just only single out one case and say, hey, this is why we need this. So then you're basically saying to everyone else who have been victims of police brutality, your case doesn't matter. Right. Because after all, this is a pattern and... That's right. We have to establish the pattern and address the pattern. Right. Not just say, okay, I'll take this one case right here and build a platform on it and then decide that anything that happens subsequent to that is not as relevant. Right. Because then we're just proving why it hasn't been done. Right. Right. We're singling out one and saying it has to be that or nothing. Whereas even recently, we look at Holly Tucker's case. Right. A woman of color gets dragged out of a car. Right. A woman of color and a parent yeah. is dragged out of a car, kicking and screaming. Why aren't we more mad about that? that that's a thing that I, I've been asking myself, I mean, ever since I talked to Holly and then went on to see the video, I've been asking myself how this is, how, how can we see that and, and, and not say... This is this. This should never happen. You know, in, in I mean, not. I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it should happen nowhere, but certainly not in New Haven. I mean, and and to make you know, to make what, what, where I've been very disappointed in in hearing reactions from um, uh, from the mayor on this topic right. um, is 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 that you know is that you know she she's tended to respond to this by comparing our police department to other police departments in Connecticut. I don't. First of all, I, I I don't without saying anything about the particular comparisons. I don't think that this is an opportunity. I don't think this is an occasion to be making comparisons. No, it's not. This is this is a thing that should never happen. And whether it happens here more or less than somewhere else is not the point. It should never happen. It should not happen, especially if the city is boasting about being the uh, patriarch for community policing. Right. In my opinion, when I think about Holly's case, I mean it. It, it hurts me to my core as a woman as a woman of color, as an immigrant, as a parent, I can't imagine how she feels Right. to be degraded and marginalized like that. And then you think of her mother, Barbara Fair, who mm-hmm. has been making treks in this society mm-hmm. to ensure that conversations like what we're having is able to happen. Right, right. All right? So what I didn't understand from the beginning is that considering who's involved here, why isn't the community more upset? Right. Why right. is that? I mean, you hurt the backbone of our society. Right. It's like me kicking in your back and I should be okay with that. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So when we, we sat down to collaborate on the CERB, I have to say her case was one of several in the back of my mind. I thought about hers. Yeah, for me as well. You yeah. know, of course, I thought about hers. I thought about fellow immigrants and what they've seen and been through. I thought about my children. Mm-hmm and what they may see and have been through, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, And it's alarming to me. I remember once, this happened four years ago, I was outside of um, a store on Boston Post Road, and my nephew and my sons, my sons, sorry, and my nephews, they had found this empty box. Mm -hmm. And these are boys, these are teenage boys. So they're playing with the empty box outside in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And the box caught wind and it flew and it hit a car. It hit, it, it was a Toyota, one of those uh, smaller SUVs. Mm-hmm. And the woman was so angered, she called the police on them. No, oh, wow. What the hell would a cardboard box do to your car? That's insane. No, let me tell you what's worse. Yeah. Now, r- remember, it's my son, three nephews. Right. She called the police and described my darkest color skin nephew. To the T. Mm-hmm. To the T, she described him. Wow. The police went looking for him. Right. Okay, not the other three. 
Just him. Right. So, in my opinion, you know, New Haven has a problem. Right. And why are we mad about it? And why do we act like it, it's not happening is beyond me? Right. So, for me, with the Civilian Review Board, whatever it's going to be called, it has to be all-inclusive. Yes. It has to be holistic and not myopic. It has to set the tone that we can address bigger problems. Right. All right? Because... These types of things ruin people's lives. I've seen people get denied jobs because they got caught um, for probably having two bags of weed on them. Right. I mean, their student loans can be affected. Student loans could be affected. I mean, your whole livelihood, your whole image. I watched my cousin go through that after his incarceration. Mm. You know, having to, trying to be strong. You know, when he first was released, he gained his confidence some because he was able to find employment. He thought that things were about to turn around. He started getting more comfortable in himself. And every time someone will say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Where have you been? As mm-hmm. soon as he speaks about his incarceration, mm-hmm. there comes the look. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I can't imagine what that felt like. Mm-hmm. You know? And we need to face these realities. Mm-hmm. All right? I've seen where I've driven down the street on Dixwell and watched cops pull people over and how they're treated. Right. Right, And it's amazing because you drive through certain areas and you don't see the same. For example, when a domestic dispute happens in Branford, and the manner in which that is addressed, as opposed to domestic dispute, say, on George Street, New Haven, I guarantee you, two different ways it will be handled. Right, right. And when, I, when I've heard you and Holly... And Barbara and and, and, and and all of the other people whose uh, whose whose cases with the New Haven Police Department that you know that I, that I've been thinking about in this mm-hmm. in the course of working with you on the CERB, the mm-hmm. thing that's been most amazing to me is that every single one of you is uh, is is not out to vilify the police. No, you know, and it's it's you know it, it, it and and the emphasis. It, I've never heard the emphasis be on punishing individual police officers. No. I've heard it be on changing the culture of the police department, putting the community in charge of the police department, exactly as you're describing. That you know, right. when you when you when you talk about bringing the community into it, I mean, you know, I I know that one one way that we've talked about it is having um, a big enough and diverse enough. Um, board that fully represents the community of course um rather than just one person because i mean the the, 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 as it is now the mayor um whoever the you know whoever is the mayor is essentially in charge of policing i mean she (laughs) nominates the um the commissioners uh of policing a board Mm -hmm. of six people um and ultimately has hiring and firing privileges over um over the chief um Mm To, to vest that executive power in one person, mm-hmm. whoever that person is, mm-hmm. that, that one person really can't fully represent a community no. as diverse as New Haven. And that's the mm-hmm. thing. We need to understand those things. We need to understand where our power is mm-hmm. and how much power we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of executive power, mm-hmm. that is very, very powerful. Yeah. It actually supersedes subpoena power. A lot of people don't know that. Right. That on a, on a practical standpoint, I mean, that like a lot, a lot of the uh, the debate on the, the what what particular you know what the CERB or what the CRB or CERB or whatever it is will actually end up looking like has been around subpoena power. That, Correct. You know. It's been around subpoena power. It's been around one particular case, <laughs> with the slight mention of other cases, mm-hmm. which I am not in agreement with because if we're saying that we should derive a board in that fashion, then we're basically saying the other cases do not matter and do not have as much weight, which is hypocritical. Mm -hmm. Because then we're really focusing on a civilian. Mm -hmm. So then in that context, we have really told ourselves police doesn't, police brutality doesn't matter unless it affects a certain person, Mm -hmm. which is wrong. Right. That is inherently wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay. It should be holistic. It should go beyond one case, especially one. And you know, I'm a mother. Mm -hmm. I have a son. When Nate got slammed on the floor, Nate Blair, Mm -hmm. during the February 4th action, Mm -hmm. my son has a jacket Mm -hmm. like Nate's. Mm -hmm. My son has dreadlocks. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. 
my inner lion came out that day. Yeah. Because I could have sworn I saw Stefan being going, uh, you know, thrown on the concrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And yeah. it wasn't until Nate saw a picture of my son, he realized like, whoa, you're not, you're not kidding. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for me to say that any brutality against a child is okay, I would be lying. That's Absolutely. not what I'm saying. Right. I'm not saying that a kid should be ignored. Ha- Absolutely not. No, of course. But of for course. Pete's sake, mm-hmm. we have blatant misuse of police power happening. Right. Why is that being ignored and replaced with the grief of one that happened 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. That's the part I don't get. Mm-hmm. So you're basically telling me this pain here is not as important as a 20-year-old pain. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot understand that. And and for that sense, okay, I have been in uh, meetings where the parties involved, and, you know, they're doing what they need to do. They're handling, they're trying to get the CRB passed. Yes, we have tried to work with them. Mm-hmm. We have tried to form a working relationship with them. Mm-hmm. However, a holistic mind cannot teach a myopic mind how to open itself. Mm-hmm. You know, it can't do that. If you are, if you are focused on one thing, it's like me looking at, at this cup mm-hmm. and I'm intently looking at the cup, mm-hmm. wherever that cup goes, I'm going to look at it if I'm focused on it. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at the whole room, mm-hmm. you look at anything in the room, right? I'm still looking at the cup mm-hmm. and I'm not the person to look at the cup. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm not that person. I look at the whole, you know, and that, that is something America taught me. America gave me resilience. It gave me discernment. It taught me that my life is beyond me. Right. For me to survive in this country, I cannot focus on just me. Right. Absolutely. At all. Absolutely. At all. So, I mean, obviously, I've had a chance to talk on this show and in many other forms about kind of my vision, you know, for what the CERB will do mm-hmm. in New Haven once adopted. Mm-hmm. But I'd love... I'd love for you to be able to do the same thing. I mean, because okay. as you as you've as you've said, it's it's multifaceted. It comprises executive power. It, provi- it comprises review power. Mm-hmm. It comprises the ability to set policies. Um, That's right. You know, for the department, it, it, it comprises the ability to um, to to block um, cases from being referred for prosecution um, as appropriate. So there's there's a lot there um, in all of this. But what? When when you envision this, you know all of this sort of playing out in real life. I mean, what's your dream for it? My dream is is that we have a system of checks and balances, mm-hmm. which ensures that there's actual checks and balance. Mm-hmm. And in saying that, we as a community, we're not completely innocent, are we? Mm-hmm. So we need people within the system to check us too. Mm-hmm. We understand that. Um, however, right now the power is in one set of hands Mm -hmm. so therefore when we have problems within our community we have to kind of bow down to our masters Hmm. right so there's no true justice because the justice is kind of played out in the manner in which it is seen Hmm. my dream is with whatever this board is called we have balance and structure Mm -hmm. and that the police represent exactly what it is said it's supposed to be doing which is justice Mm -hmm. let us be fair here in comparison to other states within the United States, we have the room, we really do, mm-hmm. to implement some serious change. Mm-hmm. I have never said that all cops are bad. Mm-hmm. Okay? There are some cops who really make me mad. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because they have been conditioned by the system they work for. On the other hand, there are cops out there who want to do the right thing. Absolutely. But they cannot step over the blue line. If they don't have support. So this is a twofold thing. Mm-hmm. This is a way of supporting the good cops mm-hmm. and assuring them that, guess what? You could jump over that blue line. Mm-hmm. You could even play jump rope with them. <laughs> and, you know, to give hope to the younger ones who want to protect and serve his community, mm-hmm. who want to be out there and look out for his parents and his friends and his cousins and whoever else. So they could participate in that form of protection and mm-hmm. safety. Ideally, that's what we need. We need a system that doesn't just serve one set, but all. Mm-hmm. That gives us the foundation we need to pursue true equality. 
mm-hmm. true justice, and that I should be able to pick up the phone and be comfortable knowing that the officer who's showing up will understand me, won't judge me, won't show up two hours after because of where I live, mm-hmm. will take my claim seriously regardless of how I look mm-hmm. or how I speak, mm-hmm. won't harass me if my pants is hanging a little bit. I may have lost my belt. Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right? But that's how we affect change. Mm-hmm. That's how it was done during the civil rights movement. We wouldn't be sitting here right now mm-hmm. if someone wasn't brave enough to say, I'm not standing up for this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, look at Nat Turner. Mm-hmm. All right, when he ran away, you think he sat there wondering what everybody else would think about him? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. He says, screw this joint, I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is it. Mm-hmm. All right, we have to have that mentality. But you see, this, this system is very broken. It breaks you after a while. Mm-hmm. The way that the whole, and again, I'm not just looking at the police department. Mm -hmm. The police department is one element of an entire system that works together to ensure the brokenness remains. Right, right. Okay? And it's interesting because oftentimes when we talk about the police, we just think about the police. No, you just said it yourself. The mayor does this, the mayor does that. So when we change the way that the police are policed, we can also, in effect, change other things. Absolutely. I mean, executive power over the police department um, in the hands of a diverse board that represents the entire community right. is, um, yeah, it's a lever to do many things. It's a lever to change the way that recruitment and selection happen. And, you know, it's a lever to change the way that training happens. It's a, it's a lever to, uh, you know, and it's a lever to, um, first of all, decide that, that we're not going to... Um, you know, we're not, we're, you know, that we're, that we're not going to, you know, when we find a kid with pot, we're not going to escalate that situation to the point where we now have, um, you know, we now have a crime that we can make an arrest for, you know, because That's of right. course, you know, possession of, a possession of marijuana at this point is an Let infraction, but we can, Which do you, you think know. is more harmful? Me smoking weed mm-hmm. or me raping someone? Well, of course, right? I mean, Of course, it, we're yeah. saying that. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the mandatory minimums for each, mm-hmm. that's where I have a problem. Right. Because basically the justice system is saying you could rape who you want because we got to go by a case-by-case basis mm-hmm. and determine how much of the rape is a rape. Mm-hmm. Whereas if, if you sell this amount of marijuana and we catch you this many times, we already know what we're going to do for you. Right. What does that say to you? Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? So this is why, for example, then we could go into solitary confinement. Absolutely. I mean... And there's, and there, there's an event coming up on yes, this. Right? Yes. On May 3rd, mm-hmm. it's going to be a day of action against solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people across Connecticut will be calling their state legislators to urge them to vote in support of House Bill number 7302, an act concerning solitary confinement and correctional staff wellness and training. And let me just say something on this. The reason why I love this is because while everybody else I know female-wise was all interested in Sex on the City on HBO, Mm. my favorite show was Oz. Mm. I don't know if you remember the show Oz, which dealt with the prison system. It was very graphic. Mm. And I liked it because it it really showed you what happens in there. Mm. No holes barred. Mm. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. That and the wire, because we don't talk about these things. Right. We don't. We don't say how solitary confinement. How would you feel if you had to sit in a room, mm-hmm. with with you know no sunlight, no clothes on? It's stinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll catch a disease if I lay on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on how I got in there, and so forth. You know, again, another aspect of slavery that we turn our cheek to. Mm-hmm. So on uh, the third, this call is going out to support House Bill 7302 because we also have to think about the correctional officers involved. Mm -hmm. A lot of cases have been coming out lately where correctional officers have been caught doing things they're not supposed to be doing, abusing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I mean, we could say not supposed to be doing, but God alone knows how long it's been going on because usually when there's an uprising within a prison, Mm -hmm. this has been happening for a while. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we need to really sit down and address that because the people behind those bars are human beings. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is in um, an act concerning solitary confinement and correctional staff wellness and training. So again, so they could do their jobs more efficiently and effectively. All right. And again, if you look at the CERB, this even relates to that. Absolutely. Because it starts somewhere and it ends somewhere. So for more information on the bill itself 
and the harms of solitary confinement that can be found on <clears throat> excuse me www.insidetheboxnhv.org mm -hmm. all right <clears throat> and those who are familiar with Barbara Fair this is this is her baby mm -hmm. okay uh, Barbara has been working on solitary confinement for years. Absolutely. And uh, mass incarceration reform. This is something that's very dear and near to her and for very good reason. Mm -hmm. And I really feel we need to really get involved because let me tell you something. If we're going to address policing, let's do it from the bottom and go all the way up. Absolutely. Yeah, this is not a, this is, you know, this is not a one, um, you know, a one piece issue. Absolutely you know? not. And mm -hmm. the problem we have is all too often again. Mm -hmm. We only think about the one part and we don't consider how it relates to everything else. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's why we're kind of dysfunctional in that way. Mm -hmm. And that's why when something changes, we can't, we can't deal with it because mm -hmm. we're so used to things being one way. Right. Right. So mm -hmm. God forbid we meet or deal with people who do things different. My God. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, but this here, yeah. uh, we really have to address solitary confinement because it's been going on for too long. In my opinion, Rikers should be shut down mm -hmm. tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to think about these things. And this is why the CERB and this act concerning solitary confinement, they, um, they go hand in hand. And then on the 6th, there's going to be a community event to launch the Immigrant Bail Fund at Bregamos Community Theater, which is at 491 Blatchley Avenue. There's going to be music, light refreshments, and an announcement by a trade unionist and social justice organizer. The goal there is to raise um, at least $10,000 to jumpstart the bail funds, the immigrant bail fund. More information on that can be found on immigration. I uh, see here, hold on, immigrant communities throughout Connecticut. Dot com, I believe it is. The event is on Facebook. There's more information. I'm sorry. This thing is kind of hazy. Mm -hmm. But we need to get into that. So this fundraiser to stop deportation and detention will be from 4 to 7 p.m. May 6th at Bregamos. The idea is to raise at least $10,000. Again, when we put these all together, we got the CERB, we have solitary confinement, and we have the immigration bail fund. Yes, all these things need to happen because they actually do go hand in hand. Absolutely. In different facets. And I really wish, and part of what I do is every week I sit down and I filter through hundreds of events, literally, and I would pick the ones which I feel are most conducive to what's trying to be achieved currently, mm -hmm. and I will match them together. Mm -hmm. And my focus is on the grassroots because as a grassroots person, the sense of being an immigrant, mm -hmm. I understand how it feels not to be heard right, and not to receive support. Mm -hmm. So I feel for the grassroots. I feel for anyone grassroots. Mm -hmm. I feel for the grass, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I want people to get more involved because that's where your change is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, obviously we could talk about all of these things for hours and getting, you know, get into all the details of the CERB as we've, as we've worked it out. But I mean, I think that, that the, the, you know, one connection that, that is worth mentioning right now is that the, the way that we've written the CERB, uh -huh. um, it touches on immigration by giving the community the power to prescribe how the New Haven Police Department will work with or not with That's outside right. agencies like Immigration and Customs Enforcement. That That's um, right. And we need you know, that. You know. We cannot just depend on the fact of saying, no, ICE won't do this. No, we need a system mm -hmm. where there's actual protection. Right. And that, and and that, and that is that is the role that the police the, the police department in New Haven is the is the organization that can play that role to make sure that the rights of our community members are not violated by That's these right. people who are coming in here. Well, Let's um, just imagine if I were still undocumented, right? Right, and I was in threat of being deported. I wouldn't really want to deal with NHPD. Mm -hmm. So it's good to have a system where I could go to these people, mm -hmm. and they're looking at my case first. Mm -hmm. All right, and they will give me what I need—the leverage to say, "Okay, this can happen, and that can happen, or we could help you with this, and we can't help you with that." Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Every bit of support counts. Right. Right. So, and we need that. You're absolutely correct. We need that sort because let me tell you, the Cheeto is determined to deport people. Hmm. All right. He, he is determined. 
And so we have to be um, understanding of that. And while we may not share commonalities with someone who's undocumented, I know what it feels like to be undocumented. It's scary. Sure. It is really, really scary. Think about all the undocumented immigrants who take the bus, who work downtown, who travel, who live in their homes. We don't know what's going on with them. What about the ones who don't speak English? Right, right. Who's saving the African immigrants? We don't even talk about them. Where mm-hmm. are they? Mm-hmm. What about the Haitian immigrants? The right. Jamaican immigrants? Right. The undocumented Trinidadian, Cape Verdean mm-hmm. immigrants? Mm-hmm. Okay. How come we're not worried about them too? We mm-hmm. should be. Mm-hmm. We should be very... Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, so I feel very confident in what we're proposing. And it's not set in stone. It's it's a working process. Sure. I mean, we've and we've made it available for anyone to comment, to read in its its entirety and to comment. Absolutely. We even drew an organizational chart Mm -hmm. so persons can look at it and see how it's going to function. Right, and I think the URL for that is uh, nh. It's a tinyurl.com, so t i n y u r l dot com slash n h v c e r b. Correct, mm-hmm. and we're also probably going to um, put another petition online. So, mm-hmm. because we've been, you know, and that's the part, the background work that's not being seen per se. The FOIs, the meeting with the community members, mm-hmm. feedback from the board of alders, feedback from ourselves. Mm-hmm. Taking in what we're seeing recently, thinking about what we want this, where we want this to go, considering current events, and of course considering past events, and looking at society now and saying this is what we need. So of course, community involvement is most definitely welcome. It is the backbone of what we're doing. It is the forefront of what we want to see to happen. We want our babies to feel safe. We want to feel safe. We want the people who want to move here to feel safe. We want Absolutely. a voice that's not heard to be heard, you know, and that's what I love about what we're proposing. And I love that we're flexible and we're looking to change it. It's dynamic and it Absolutely. should be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, CJ, I wish we had three hours to talk about Me all too. of this. Me um, too. I got to head down to the green for May Day. So the May Day general strike happening right now. It's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to be down at the green from 12 to 5 p.m. There's going to be various activities, various presenters uh, in terms of uh, acts that are going to be singing, dancing, musical. um, Poetry will be read. There will also be activities for the kids. And then we're going to take a march in solidarity. Mm. Great. All right. So oh. we'll be ending at 7 p.m. at the corner of Grand and Ferry, and I hope to see you there. Terrific. Well, CJ, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. This has been an episode of All of Us on WNHH, New Haven's independent radio station, 103.5 FM, and streaming live on WNHH.org.